0: Chapter twelve of the Stowmarket Mystery or A Legacy of Hate by Lewis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter twelve What the Station Master Saw. The number of typewriting exchanges in London is not large. Impressing the services of Smith and his wife as amanuensis brett despatched the requisite letters before he retired for the night he was up betimes and out before breakfast surprising the domestics of his club by an early visit to the library the etona contained a great many service members and made a feature of its complete editions of army and navy lists in one of the latter eight years old brett found among the officers of the northumberland at that time in commission robert hume frazer sublieutenant a later volume recorded his retirement from the service hume and winter reached brett's flat together any luck with the Jap, sir asked the detective cheerily brett told them what had happened and winter sighed here indeed was a promising subject for an arrest why not lock him up and seize the typewriter but he knew the barrister by this time and uttered no word and now said brett after a malicious pause to enable winter to declare himself i am going back to stowmarket no hume you are not coming with me when does ferguson arrive here the question drove from david's face the disappointed look with which he received his friend's announcement to-morrow evening he replied my father thinks the old man should not risk an all-night journey he has also sent me every detail he can get together either from documents or recollection bearing upon our family history he produced a formidable roll of manuscript the old gentleman had evidently devoted many hours and some literary skill to the compilation i will read that in the train said brett you must start at once for portsmouth i have here a list of all the officers serving with your cousin robert on the northumberland immediately prior to his quitting the navy portsmouth devonport south sea and the neighbourhood will almost certainly contain some of them if not people there will know where they are to be found you must make yourself known to them and endeavor to gain any sort of news concerning the ex-lieutenant naval men roam all over the world some of them may have met him in the argentine or in any of the south american ports where british warships are constantly calling he was a sailor he left the navy under no cloud hence the presence of a british man war would draw him like a magnet do not come back here until you bring news of him why is it so important you cannot imagine no i endeavour to restrain my imagination i want facts you are the best person to obtain them one relative inquiring for another is a natural proceeding it will not arouse suspicions that you are a debt collector suppose i obtain news of his whereabouts telegraph to me and i will give you fresh instructions hume walked to the door give my kind regards to miss leighton he said grimly i will be delighted work hard you will see her all the sooner there goes a man in love continued brett addressing the back of winter's skull though looking him straight in the face his career his reputation everything he values most in this world is at stake he is a sensible level-headed fellow who has become embittered by unjust suspicion yet he would unwillingly let a material item like his cousin's proceedings sink into oblivion just for the sake of telling a girl that she looks more charming to-day than she did yesterday or some equally original remark peculiar to love-making how do you account for it winter i give it up sighed the detective we are all fools where women are concerned you surprise me said the barrister sternly such a personal confession of weakness is unexpected i may say distressing winter shook his head you're not married mr brett or you wouldn't talk like that well let it pass i want you to make the acquaintance of that loving couple mr and mrs numagawa jiro you must disguise yourself jiro is to be shadowed constantly get any help you require but do it be off winter on the wings of the wind Fasten on to Giro, batten on him, become his invisible vampire, above all else, discover his associates, run now to the bank and cash this check. It repays the sum you advanced last night and provides money for expenses. I must first see Capella off, gasped the detective, all the more reason that you should fly left to himself the barrister compiled memoranda for an hour or more he read through what he had written the web is spreading quickly he murmured i wonder what sort of fly we shall catch is he buzzing about under our very noses or will he be an unknown variety as they say in the argentine kien sabe during the journey to stowmarket he mastered the contents of the bulky document sent from glentoken it contained a great many irrelevant details but he made the following notes after the duel in seventeen sixty three david hume the man who avenged with his sword the supposed injury inflicted upon his father by the first sir alan hume Fraser, escaped to the netherlands and was never heard of again there was a local tradition on the scotch estate that five hume frazers would meet with violent deaths in england the reason for this singular belief was founded in the recorded utterances of an old nurse popularly credited with the gift of second sight who prophesied after the outlawry of the humes in seventeen forty five that there would be five long-lived generations of both families and that five Frasers would die in their boots curiously enough commented the old gentleman who supplied this information aunt elspeth's prediction is capable of two interpretations owing to the fact that the first sir alan Fraser assumed the additional surname of hume i have absolutely no knowledge of any distinct branch of the hume family david hume's sister was married to my ancestor at the time of the duel admiral cunningham the hardy old salt who brought from japan the sword used by a samurai to commit harikara or suicide by disembowelling commanded the british vessels of the combined squadron which sailed up the bay of yedo on july sixth eighteen fifty three to intimidate the mikado he narrowly escaped assassination at the hands of a two-sword man who was knocked down by a sailor and soundly kicked after being disarmed. The admiral brought home the two weapons taken from his assailant, and the larger sword was still to be seen in the armory at Glentoken. The three brothers, of whom the writer alone survived, quarrelled over money-matters about eight years before the murder of the fifth baronet. The youngest, Charles, had entangled himself in a disastrous speculation in the city and bitterly reproached allan and david the narrator because they would not come to his assistance the old gentleman labored through many pages to explain the reasons which actuated this decision but brett skipped all of them finally he suspected no one of committing the crime itself which was utterly inexplicable at stowmarket the barrister sought a few minutes conversation with the station-master have you been long in charge of this station he asked when the official ushered him into a private office nearly five years sir was the surprised answer ah then you know nearly all the members of the hume Fraser family yes sir i think so do you remember the new year's eve when the young baronet was killed yes generally speaking i do remember it the station-master was evidently doubtful of the motives which actuated this cross-examination and resolved not to commit himself to positive statements you recollect of course that mr david hume Fraser was arrested and tried for the murder of his cousin yes very well now i want you to search your memory well and tell me if you saw any one belonging to the family in the station on that new year's eve the terrible occurrence at beechcroft the same night must have fixed the facts in your mind the station-master a cautious man of kindly disposition seemed to be troubled by the interrogatory do you mind if i ask you sir why you are seeking this information he inquired after a thoughtful pause a very proper question mr david hume Fraser is a friend of mine and he has sought my help to clear away the mystery attached to his cousin's death but why do you come to me because you are a very likely person to have some knowledge on the point i raised you see every person who enters or leaves stowmarket by train that is true we railway men see far more than people think said the official with a smile but it is very odd that you should be the first gentleman to think of talking to me in connection with the affair though i can assure you certain things puzzled me a good deal at the time and what were they you are the gentleman who came here three days ago with mr david whom by the way i hardly recognized at first Exactly well i suppose it is all right i did not interfere because i could not see my way clear to voluntarily give evidence of course were i summoned by the police it would be a different matter the incidents of that new year's eve fairly bewildered me indeed it was stated at the trial sir that mr david came from scotland that morning left liverpool street at three twenty p m and reached stowmarket at five twenty two p m yes further he was admittedly the second person to see his cousin's dead body and remained at the hall until arrested by the police on a warrant brett nodded the stationmaster's statement promised to be intensely interesting well sir continued the man excitedly i was mystified enough on new year's eve but after the murder came out i thought i was fairly bewitched that season is always a busy one for us what between parcels passengers and bad weather on the morning of december thirty first i fancied i saw mr david leave the london train due here at twelve fifteen midday i only caught a glimpse of him because there was a crowd of people and he was all muffled up i didn't give the matter a second thought until i saw him again step out of a first-class carriage at two twenty p m I looked at him rather sharp that time he was differently dressed and hurried off without any luggage he left the station quickly so i imagined i had been mistaken a couple of hours earlier you could have knocked me down with a feather when he appeared by the five twenty two p m this time he had several leather trunks and a footman from the hall was waiting for him on the platform excuse me sir but it was a fair liquor it must have been i wonder you did not speak to him i wish i had done so mr david is usually a very affable young gentleman but what between my surprise and the bustle of getting the train away i lost the opportunity however the queerest part of my story is coming i'm blessed if he didn't leave here again by the last train at five fifty eight p m i missed his entrance to the station but had a good look at him as the train went out he showed the ticket examiner at ipswich a return half to london because i asked by wire now what did it all mean if i could tell you it would save me much trouble said brett gravely but why did you not mention these incidents subsequently perhaps i was wrong sir i did not know what to do for the best every one at the hall including mr david himself would have proved that I was a liar with respect to his two earlier arrivals, and his departure by the 558. I did not see what I would accomplish except to arouse a strong suspicion that I had been drinking. Which would be unjustifiable. The station-master regained his dignity i have been a teetotaler sir for more than twenty years you are sure you are making no mistake nothing of the kind sir i must have been very much mistaken but i did not think so at the time and it bothered me more than enough if my evidence promised to be of any service to mr david no consideration would have kept me back as it was you thought it would damage him i am afraid that was my idea i agree with you it is far better that it never came to the knowledge of the police i am greatly obliged to you may i ask sir if what i have told you will be useful in your inquiry most decidedly some day soon mr david hume Fraser will thank you in person i suppose you have no objection to placing your observations in written form for my private use and sending the statement to me at the county hotel not the least sir good-day the barrister walked to the hotel having despatched his bag by a porter i suppose he said to himself that when winter came here he rushed straight to the police station how his round eyes will bulge out of their sockets when i tell him what i have just learned chapter twelve